Thanks for joining us this week on the Rage for Justice report from Consumer Watchdog. I'm your host, Jamie Court. Today, my guest is Jerry Flanagan, the litigation director of Consumer Watchdog. Thanks for joining us, Jerry. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? I'm all right. Well, we had a, an interesting development this week. Um, we have been following uh, for a while uh, this pay-to-play scandal involving Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara. It involved the workers' compensation insurance company that um, gave gifts to the commissioner who said he wasn't going to take insurance company gifts, but did it through intermediaries and uh, distant relatives of executives, and, and that got him in some trouble. So then he decided he was not going to take the money, he was going to give the money back, and he was going to be completely transparent about what happened uh, in the whole shenanigan. And he released his calendar, and he released emails, and then Consumer Watchdog came in and said, wait a second, um, we're going to file a Public Records Act request, and then we ultimately filed a Public Records Act lawsuit because we felt that he was not giving everything to the public that they deserved and they wanted. And at the same time, as we're prosecuting this case, we found that um, there was another lawsuit by uh, a political mentor of Ricardo Lara's, Fabian Nunez, who, um, who used to be the former assembly speaker. And um, he was allegedly paid $2 million, or offered to be paid $2 million to get Lara to basically consummate the deal, uh, and said he did that, and tried to collect the money, and then got stiffed. And in his lawsuit, we found... Nunez was representing uh, this company, Applied Insurance. Uh, we found uh, also there was a guy, uh, New Mexico Insurance Commissioner, Eric Cerna, representing this company, uh, Applied Insurance. But unfortunately, Ricardo Lara and the Department of Insurance never disclosed any of the records about these people. So he was not fully transparent as he had promised. And moreover, he didn't even search for those records we found out recently. Can you Update us, Jerry, on what's going on with the Public Records Act request and 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 the lawsuit where where we are in court, what we're looking to get uh, out to the public right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things we found out in that lawsuit too is that the quote unquote master calendar that uh, Commissioner Lara put out as his great transparency was not actually his calendar, but it was a manufactured record they had put together of selected meetings from the actual calendars. So we found that out because on certain days it says no responsive records, which is not a natural uh, statement. And then they admitted that that actually was not his calendar. It was one they put together with their selected uh, representation of his meeting. So even the quote-unquote transparency calendar is not true. So where we're at right now is that our, our trial date is coming up in the fall, and we're fighting out discovery. We found out recently that in addition to everything else uh, the department's withholding, they have also 400 internal communications about how to answer our lawsuit. They had 21 high-level meetings, including the chief of staff, on how to answer a PRA lawsuit. And if that sounds strange, you're right, because the answering of a PRA suit is a ministerial duty of an agency. It shouldn't take the top political folks in the agency to figure out how to find a record. And in fact, they had way too, meeting, way, way too many meetings not to find the records. They had just the right amount of meetings to figure out how not to look for their meetings, <laughs> the, the records, right? They, they were strategically looking the other way. And it's clear now that we've discovered through this process of the lawsuit that they did nothing at all, the Department of Insurance, to determine who was representing applied underwriters. Let's, let's back up for a second. That is a term in our original Public Records Act request. When this all broke out, we asked for a bunch of people we knew represented applied and the meetings and the communications, and then all the other people who represented applied. And that's standard practice in Public Record Act requests, right? Well, of course, because you know why? 
because as the public, as consumer watchdog, we have no idea who the department was meeting or communication, communicating with. We came up with some names that we knew were associated with Applied and the people that gave the contributions, but we don't know who's requesting to meet with Ricardo, Lara, the staff, or communicating about Applied underwriters. And the law requires that we, Consumer Watchdog, under the Public Records Act, make a clear request for records, and that the agency's duty is to figure out how to identify those records. And there isn't even a close call here, because they did nothing at all to determine who was representing Applied uh, beyond the folks that we identified. And of course, that means people like Eric Cerna, the former New Mexico insurance commissioner, and Fabia Nunez, who we know had meetings with uh, Ricardo Lara. I mean, for example, as you know, Jamie, we have a picture of Eric Cerna in New Mexico with insurance commissioner Lara, but there's no record of that meeting. It was a magical occurrence where these folks showed up in the same room in New Mexico. So you found out in May when the court said to the department, look, you guys are basically stonewalling. You got to tell these guys what you did and didn't do the search. What do we find out when, in just this May, after fighting this out for like a year and a half, right? What, what do we find out they didn't do to search? What? Well, the answer is they didn't do anything to figure out who was representing applied beyond the 13 folks we identified. They did nothing at all. And in fact, they didn't do the basic thing that you would do in this circumstance if you're working inside the agency. You go to the commissioner and say, well, was there anybody else that you might have met with? Because we know you met with Fabian Nunez, and we know you met with Eric Cerna. Nobody went to the staff and said, who else did you meet with? And that's a standard practice that when you're trying to answer a public records act request, you go around to the key staff in the agency and say, well, what did you do? Who else did you meet with? The fact that they didn't ask that question is deafening. It's a strategic avoidance of producing or even identifying records that they knew were dangerous. And that's, and that's the key here, I think. The Public Records Act is designed to force agencies to produce public records. What's the best way to avoid producing records you don't like? Don't look for them. And, 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 and not only didn't they look for them, but you spent a lot of time when you basically didn't get the right responses from the Department of Insurance crafting the language of the Public Records Act request so that it was understandable and they understood what they were looking for. The department was going back and forth with you, weren't they? And actually that language saying all those who represented applied was something they knew about and, and, and were okay with. This was a highly negotiated request, and we did everything the department wanted. We went back and forth for a month and a half, almost two months, to refine the request to do be more specific with a time period and what agency staff were involved. And we finally ended up with this negotiated request, which the department had no problem with, but yet they ignored the key element of it. And that, by the way, is the essence of the violation of the Public Records Act, which is that if you get a request and you refuse to look and you ignore a search term, you violated your duty. Why? Because you can't produce a document that you didn't search for. There's all sorts of unsavory stuff in this Nunez lawsuit about how, uh, how the, uh, the party who was going to benefit from the transaction got really nervous because he was gonna lose $60 million if the department didn't do what he wanted. Uh, all sorts of just, just like incredible language. But um, so it, it showed this was not a usual contract. It was a $2 million contract dependent all on success. It went up from 1 million to 2 million. It was entered into uh, a million that was entered into after Ricardo Lara claimed to recuse himself. I mean, there's all sorts of really unsavory stuff here. But focusing on the Public Records Act for a second, um, 
you you were in negotiations to settle with the department, um, and and we can't enter those what what happened in those negotiations into evidence in the case, but you can talk about what what went down and what went down made you believe that they didn't want us looking around. And we did we can't put it in for evidence that they didn't do enough, but the key issue here is that we had made a demand saying, look, it's clear, clear that you didn't do enough to search. And so let's fix this, run a real search, look for people that we know were involved, like Eric Cern and Fabian Nunez, really try to determine who else represented, and we can fix this. And that's, by the way, your job. And they came back and said, we're not going to do a new search. We will consider paying your fees, and in exchange... You can never file another PRA request regarding the quote-unquote pay-to-play scandal ever again. So in a sense, they're saying, we're not going to look and don't ask again. And it's really troubling because for people who don't know, uh, Ricardo Law was in a lot of trouble. I mean, every major editorial board in the state weighed in, uh, some questioning after seven months in office whether he should continue in office, um, whether or not basically... Um, you know, because of, of the pay-to-play uh, allegations and because of a lot of other stuff around it, there was a lot of, a lot of other, other, other dirt around those allegations, uh, whether he, he was fit to be insurance commissioner. And he said, basically, mea culpa, I'm sorry, I'm never going to do it again. I'm going to be completely transparent. And then he released his calendar, and everybody forgot about it. Now we found out a year and a half later, he didn't really release his calendar. He didn't really do his searching, and he's not being transparent after we're calling him on it, so it's going to take a court to tell him to have to do that. And it feels like they're running out the clock, doesn't it? I mean, it, there's, there's an element of them running out the clock because we're here now uh, a year and a half later. We're in July, mid-July. Um, he's up for re-election. Uh, his opponents have to declare by February of next year. We have a trial in November, which is are only going to determine whether or not they have to search for the terms, Right. Not even what they produce of the records. It feels like he's running out the clock to conceal things. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, unfortunately, the attorney general's office that's representing the Department of Insurance here is acting more like a, an attorney for a big a, at a big defense firm for a corporate malfeasance uh, company, right? Somebody that's done something very wrong and they're trying to keep it from coming out. They're fighting tooth and nail right now to avoid discovery requests that we need discovery that we need in order to prepare for trial. And so it certainly feels like they're trying to delay the trial, trying to delay the inevitable until, you know, the election's over or it's too late to matter. Well, look, we, we, now that we know Fabian Nunez represented Applied, and you asked for records about people who represented Applied, and in settlement you gave him Fabian Nunez's name because you knew at that time about the, about the lawsuit, right? We gave him the names of these people, and they're refusing to search. That is just uh, – that is in any, in any administration – just a, a clear violation of the Public Records Act. But for this administration that, compla- com- that decided to be completely transparent, I-, I think it's appalling. And yet they keep repeating the same mantra, we did what we needed to do the search because we searched for all those people you named, just not all the people who represented Applied who you didn't name. We didn't do anything for that. Um, well, Jerry, thank you for joining us. Thank you for prosecuting this case. What are we expecting next in the case? Well, the next thing is we'll probably have to do some more, uh, go back into the court to force the department to answer what are known as requests for admission, where we're trying to get the uh, insurance commissioner to admit that he met with these folks because they've denied all the other records. And, you know, this is under oath. So we'll see, you know, we'll hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll turn the stone over again and actually try to be truly transparent. 
you know, we'll stay tuned because it could very well be they just object in Stonewall. So we'll know a little bit more uh, by mid-July. And, and one of those requests for admissions was an, <laughs> a request for admission that, um, that this picture was true of a picture of Lara and Eric Cerna, um, and, and, and you asked that they admit that he was in the picture. Yeah, I mean, this just gives you an example of just how foot-dragging the department has been. We have a photo of who we know to be Eric Cerna uh, representing Applied and who we know to have be Commissioner Lara in New Mexico in Santa Fe on the same date. I think Eric Cerna's got his arm around uh, Commissioner Lara as he's representing Applied, and they wouldn't, they, they objected to this in evidence. So we have nothing more that we can do here other than we get them to admit that is in fact a photograph of Commissioner Lara. Why is this significant? Well, we know they met because there's a picture, but guess what? There's no records were provided of any phone call, any text, any written communication, nothing. So we're led to believe that there was no coordination for this meeting, and they just magically appeared in Santa Fe together on the same day, which, of course, is absurd. And, and so the types of things that could come out if they're forced to search, because they clearly don't want to search, they clearly know what we're asking for, are um, communications that, that, could, that could shed light on the fact that uh, uh, the promises were broken, maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, after being after the recusal, maybe there was a, a discussion about something or a meeting about something. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out why they're why they're fighting so hard, not even to have to look for records, let alone produce them. Well, it may be uncomfortable if there's communications that suggest that Fabia Nunez is the mentor of his former protege, parlayed his connection to um, um, Lara, his friendship, in order to extract a two million dollar fee. From applied, and here's an interesting thing. I mean, you know, Mercury Public Affairs is a lobbying firm, and Fabian Nunez now is a lobbyist. But as far as I know, he hasn't spent much time on the technical level lobbying the Department of Insurance. He's a uh, he's involved in the other building. And it's about big picture politics. So the fact that Fabian Nunez was hired to rig to lobby the Department of Insurance on a technical matter relating to an insurance company doesn't make any sense, except for the fact of his connection to Lara, which is why we know they were meetings and why that Fabian Nunez was going to be paid a $2 million contingency fee to get the job done. And why did he take it? Because he knew he could get it done. Well, we're going to leave it there. We're hoping uh, that, that the sunshine you, 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 uh, you can get out on this uh, gets out and uh, the public knows the truth. And that's all we're asking for is for, for the public to, 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 to find out what uh, they were promised a year and a half ago. So thank you, Jerry, for, for doing uh, Gilman's work here. Uh, this is Jamie Court. Uh, I am the host of uh, the Rage for Justice uh, podcast. We're talking with Jerry Flanagan, the litigation director for Consumer Watchdog. You can get to <laughs> subscribe to this podcast at the iTunes Store, on Spotify, or anywhere else you get your own podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>